What is bloodline karma? Astrology and karma are one and the same thing. It's a highly accurate clock mechanism. A human hand has five fingers, five flows. God has an endless number of variations. A curse may affect seven generations. How can you resolve someone else's problems before resolving yours? Love is a manifestation of God and your awareness. Pull them together as a principle and act upon this principle. Good afternoon, Master. Our audience has many new questions that we would like to discuss today. Let's talk about bloodline karma. The first question is, what is bloodline karma? How does it affect a person and their destiny? J. Sairam The question of bloodline karma has become very topical. It appears that it really works. I mean that people are becoming more sensitive. They are becoming more conscious and aware of the connections between them. Their consciousness and consciousness of their relatives and others close to them, whether they are still with us or have already left this world. This is why it has become very topical. Many people ask for advice in this regard. Many people try to settle these issues on their own, but not many succeed. Because there exists karma and there exists astrology. Astrology and karma are one and the same thing. I have mentioned many times already that the stars and our karmic elements, the past, present and future, all this is related to the stars, planets, entities or demigods that are really in charge of all this. This is a hierarchy. This is the karmic council that solves its tasks. But of course, above this board, there are sublime creators who can change karma. We know about such cases. They are numerous. However, a person who lives an ordinary life is continuously influenced by this astro-karmic component. They fight against it. This fight is their way to gain experience, and they implement this experience in their life. Thus, their consciousness grows. Their soul awakens as they are put to the test now and again. Satya Sai Baba says that this world is built of hardships for people to learn to love. And when people ask me, how do we resolve our bloodline programs, they are ready to jump into the problem and deal with it somehow. But it won't work. I'll explain why. To solve the problem, one has to get rid of the heavy karmic bags they are carrying. How can you resolve someone else's problems before resolving yours? It's clear that you'll have to eventually face it all. Why do people try to address their bloodline program? To break free. This is why I treat this issue on a global scale. Why not go for spiritual practice that unlocks absolutely all levels? 
that breaks you free of every link and connection. Eventually, you will rise above it. You will get the power, the stability, and everything related to it. The most important thing is that you gain knowledge. However, there are various ways of doing this taught by esoteric and other psychologists. I don't want people to be deceived. I don't want it to happen only at the psycho-emotional or even emotional plane. For example, a person visualizes himself coming up to his great-grandfather or great-grandmother and asking to forgive him, or for him or her. He performs certain actions here. All this happens at the emotional level. A person feels better. He says, that's it, the problem is solved. But is it really solved? This is the question. How do astrology, all these ascendants, all planetary influences combine together at one point at the moment this person is born? What is it all for? For this person to overcome it. How can one overcome it? Through love and acceptance. Where there is love, there is acceptance. If there is no love, you won't succeed in anything you do. Because the ultimate goal of all astro-karmic components is to fill one's heart with love for every living being. I'm not talking about emotions, amorousness or sensuality, at the very least, but about unconditional love. Therefore, if we want to overcome these laws of being, these karmic laws, we need to develop this quality. I repeat, this love is not an emotional feeling that encompasses human cordiality. This is a cosmic component. When a person practices spirituality, they free themselves of their bloodline programs and help others who are stuck. As a rule, a lot of people are stuck. A spiritual practitioner helps them get out of it to this or that extent. It all depends on the practitioner's level of consciousness. Speaking about methods that we should use for liberation from bloodline connections, programs, and so on, the mere word liberation indicates that a person wants to be free. The way to freedom is known as jnana, it's knowledge. It's jnana that helps you understand how to awaken the qualities of love in you. This is why those who walk the path of knowledge, who consciously follow their chosen path to this sublime consciousness, attain this principle of unity and break free of all this. A state that you enter when you feel this love and awareness, once you think about your relative, a group of people, a situation of someone who you think is a stranger to you, and it all comes to life. If your sincere desire to help comes from the deepest corner of your heart, what you need is great spiritual powers. This is why I do not advocate doing it mechanically from the psycho-emotional perspective. You need to learn to provide a great amount of spiritual power. The power of the Spirit, the Comforter, as it is called in Christianity. To be a good conductor of this energy, to send love, vibrations and light. All of them are liberating. Today, this is the only way to liberation. It's about getting rid of something. But when a person sees only the divine game of Lila in every situation, 
they wouldn't want to break free of anything, because they accept everything. They realize how inspirational it really is, how important it is for this soul. They realize that it's absolutely accurate and absolutely fair. Here is a brief example. When I was in a deep state, on the way to it, and before getting out of it, when I was already regaining an ordinary human awareness, or rather retaining this awareness, regaining my personality traits, getting back to my personality, retaining my real self, I realized I was able to heal anyone, a person or a group of people, at any level, in any situation, it was possible to fix it all. And I knew about such cases. However, I also knew that it shouldn't be done, because absolutely everything is fair. Absolutely everything is correct. Everything is justifiable and designed with ultimate precision. Everything is how it should be, even in little details. It's a highly accurate clock mechanism the universe. That's why when you get out of this state, you as a person want to help again, you want to act, develop your ability to love, it is enough. But in this state, in the deep state of Samadhi, in the state of Nirvikalpa Samadhi, you realize that everything is absolutely correct, everything is absolutely righteous, it's all designed so as to let us gain experience. The universe is a faultless system. I think that it's spiritual practice that transforms all karmic knots. It unties them. Karmic knots are your connections with your relatives, loved ones and so on. Many people ask how they should work with their bloodline karma. How do they purify it? They ask you to recommend useful practices. But as far as I understand it from what you have told us, working with bloodline programs requires applied approaches. And you suggest that people engage in the global spiritual practice. Is it yoga? Of course, you can use whatever methods seem right to you. Now, there are many practices. Give them a try so that you don't have any thoughts that you left something unfinished. You are interested. Maybe somebody is attracted to it. My task is to guide people so that they don't waste their time and approach this issue on a global scale, as you put it. Implementing it at all levels of the program. For example, on the physical plane, you as a human can say that you have a bloodline program you need to address. You need to help yourself and your relative that you have never seen and through whose fault something happened. First of all, you should find out to what extent it's true. Who in the first place can tell if this is really so? There is only a small handful of true clairvoyants. Even if you find one, they won't talk to you. They are aware of the importance of non-interference in the overall tone of life or destiny. Clairvoyants are highly spiritual beings. They see the world with their all-seeing eye, the third eye. All other clairvoyants that I know see with their Muladhara chakra, or Swadhisthana chakra, or Manipura chakra sometimes with their heart center, which is not very pure. These are mediumistic skills that are passed off as clairvoyance. Then there are psychologists who use testing. Maybe they are right. I'm not saying it's a deceit. 
But you must be sure, because you expend your spiritual powers, you direct your powers in a certain direction, you expend your powers on something, you expend the time of your life cycle. If you want to do this while being highly aware, you need to meditate. You sit down to meditate and begin to ponder over it. I'm telling you how to do that which I am suggesting. But I can't bear any responsibility for practices offered by other people who deal with such methods, because they are to be analyzed on a case-by-case -case basis. And the achieved results, the understanding of what's going on, will help us make up our mind about whether it's worthwhile. As I see it, a person should enter, at least, a deep contemplative state if they don't know how to meditate. If your desire to resolve this problem and help yourself and someone else is sincere, you should turn to the Almighty within your heart. Ask for help, sending love vibrations and light to this being even if you don't know and haven't ever seen them, because there is information that can be implemented in this way. And there is information, even if not quite right, you should work with it. Because everything that happens in your life is for a reason. Everything you encounter in this life is meant for you. If you meet someone who is genuinely mistaken and tells you that you are this or that, this information is also meant for you. If you fail to understand it, if you can't make out whether they are mistaken or not, you should look into this matter. Realize all this. Find the most important principles that work in this situation. What is the major principle? The Creator who liberates us from everything. Love is the manifestation of Him and your awareness. Pull them together as a principle and act upon this principle trusting in everything that happens to you. This is why people should do spiritual practices that help settle many issues at once. Not only for that specific situation, but as a whole. This is how I see it. Master, people of different generations watch us, and the following information may be very important for them. You have mentioned many times that if a practitioner achieves the highest level of spirituality, he automatically liberates seven preceding generations and seven generations to come. Could you speak about this in more detail? This word automatically is not really appropriate here. It is a sort of esoteric slang in this sense. The case is that this automation is achieved through deep awareness or high awareness. At a certain stage of their development, spiritual practitioners begin to realize and perceive those levels of consciousness that were previously locked for them. They begin to feel and understand them from within. With this understanding in the background, they begin to feel the purity of intentions and thoughts with their heart. They feel it as a mental process, a very high mental process. These are elements of love and compassion. They begin to cultivate them and awaken them with even greater power. Whatever they are focused on, be it this or that question, this or that person, they transmit this purity of intention, this sincerity, this love and absoluteness. This is enough to resolve any issue. 
You need no complicated or secret techniques. When Satya Sai Baba looked at somebody, he emanated love. Or on the backdrop of this unconditional, immense power of love, he emanated a feeling, or rather energy, a powerful impulse, that compelled the person to feel such an experience of a sense of one's own conscience, that it's impossible to describe it. Once I told you about it. They say that a person was ready to sink through the floor, so ashamed he felt. Where does this energy come from? How is it passed? This is Shiva Shakti, an avatar. This is the great power of the Divine within this presence, within this manifestation that we call Satya Sai Baba. And it was enough. Nothing but his glance, and you gain the deepest understanding. This is how he accelerated evolution. This is how he enabled a person to complete this journey faster. This is why this person is sitting there. They've been chosen. Those who got into those rows were brought there by Baba Himself. I'm just giving you an example that you understand. When you sit down at home, it seems to you that you don't see Satya Sai Baba. Many may think that some other person received darshan while they didn't. But it doesn't matter, absolutely. You sit down to meditate. You want to solve an issue. You talk to God. You open yourself up. Before God, you are pure and spotless, because souls are actually pure. But minds are often sinful. This is why you rise to the level of supra-understanding of this matter. You open up to God within your heart, switching your mind to the qualities of your heart, to feelings, to sincerity, to the purity of intentions, to the desire to just settle the issue. You turn to God within yourself and wait. It's you who must give the impulse. You must act. And Swami will help you. And Bhagavan will help you. If you just sit there and wait, you won't do anything. You will only do something if you gained a privilege in the past, if it's a settled issue. It will be His bonus for you. But unless you move, He won't do anything. He will wait for you to want it, for you to make a step. It's important. So there's no secret technique here. What is the overall purpose of the spiritual practice? to enable you to attain an unconditional state, this love. Nothing else is needed. The Creator will do the rest Himself, you dissolve in it. Your entire bloodline program dissolves in it. All your relatives, all your acts dissolve in it. Everything dissolves in it. In the purity of your higher consciousness and this love. I talk about every matter separately for you to understand. Mental purity, no. Purity of consciousness, yes. Consciousness that exists above everything. In its essence, this is what we call the experience of light and love. Master, some people will go on settling their bloodline programs. Some of them will turn to yoga. Others won't. Some of them just want to resolve their personal issues, arrange their private life and so on. What techniques should they choose for these purposes? After all, there is now even such a phenomenon as methods for correcting ancestral karma through channeling. What is your attitude towards this? I'd be very careful with channelers. I'm saying that people should be very careful. To me, it doesn't matter who transmits what. It does not matter to me at all. Because when you approach a saint, 
Here is an example. Yukteswar Giri is an embodied Nana avatar. Someone came to him once and said, Swami, please help me solve one issue. He replies, wait a bit, I need some time. He closed his eyes and entered Samadhi. He talked to the Divine Mother, got a permission and understanding to even begin on such a level. Can you imagine? And then he gave an answer. Lahiri Mahasaya did the same. They know everything, but nonetheless they turn to God for advice. Because He is the top authority who permits and decides. It still seems to be duality. But these people are in unity with it. However, for this person it seems to be of a dual nature. When a master closes his eyes, he enters Samadhi and sees a picture. When he talks to the Divine Mother, he sees the whole picture. He sees all of the karma of this person. And only when he opens his eyes, he delivers the information to the one who asked for it as accurately as possible. And everything goes right for this person. An ordinary person says, Master blessed me. Actually, they were blessed by God, and the Master acted as a medium. Such people are to be trusted. As for channelers, today we can hear that there is a serious contactee who has received such information. In a month or two we hear that he has gone astray, or something happened to him, or he started to provide false information, and so on, because in this case information passes through the mind and emotions. The question is, who gives him this information? From which plane does he receive it? I don't want to say that all of them are like this. There are mediums who do a great job. And these mediums know perfectly well that information can be distorted. Moreover, even if no distortions are possible, and they really see the events and are sure in what they see, a human hand has five fingers, at least five currents. God has an endless number of variations for one event. Do you know what I mean? The energy information component can be manifested in any way in accordance with certain laws. If he reviews the concept, the situation will unfold differently. So we can't say that everything is flawless, and we can't say that everything will happen in a particular way. Even if a clairvoyant, a spiritual person, does possess certain powers and can see through Kutashtha Drishti, the high center, the center of pure consciousness. They always leave everything for God to decide. They say, I see it, but it may change. In fact, it changes often, because one state of acceptance immediately changes the situation. It's a prediction system. It has nothing to do with fatalism or fortune-telling. We have heard about fortune-tellers who use cards. Fortune-telling is about fatality. For example, you are said that when you go out tomorrow, this and that will happen to you. That's it. Nobody tells you what to do, to change it or to transform it. Yoga enables us to transform the situation. A prediction system shows you potential life situations. This and that may happen. But by doing so, for example, by accepting the situation, you can transform it. And your perception will change. You'll find yourself in another sphere of this same event.
Everything will change. This is why I believe that one should be very careful with channelers. Especially now, when, as I can see, the majority of people are not willing to do spiritual practices. It's easier for them to go and listen to a speaker. They sit there thinking that they now know something. That's the first thing. Second, even if they know, they have no skills which they can apply. What's the case with the majority of people now? They know a lot. They have an online friend, Google Assistant. They go online, and that's it. Okay, they say, now it's clear. These people know much, but they're not capable of doing anything. You see that people who are always online to get information are not capable of anything. They stuff their energy information field with this information, but they can't even hammer a nail in their own house. I'm kidding, of course, but this is often the case. Therefore, be careful with these contactees. I know some very famous contactees. Now they advise people to do what is harmful towards them. And this situation seems very strange to many people. What happened to this person, they ask? Nothing. From the very start, they gathered people to solve their particular tasks. Here is the thing, it's not only one case, there are many of them now. When you turn to your higher self, to your consciousness during meditation, even if it's hard for you, even if it takes much time, many of them say, it takes us five minutes to achieve what yogis strive for for years. We need only five minutes. This is a trap. This is a big trap. Spiritual practice requires time, time and transformation. It all depends on how you perceive it. If you progress fast, you have deserved it. Your karma doesn't prevent you from it. Your astrology is shaped so as not to prevent you from doing certain things, but to help you. But what if your astrology is in a difficult, unpleasant phase of manifestation, which makes it very tough on you? Plus, your neural connections are inactive because of your astrology, and you have no idea about how to overcome your laziness. I think it will be our next question. And you don't know what to do with it. In this case, you need to awaken the spirit through strength, through the manifestation of the will. Willpower is the awakening or manifestation of the spirit. This is why it requires effort. Without effort, you won't be able to do much of anything. There is one more question related to bloodline karma. Often, when discussing this topic, people mention seven generations and that curses and blessings may affect seven generations. Why is that? Maybe practitioners who have decided to work with bloodline programs should work with seven generations, or go even deeper into the past. It all depends on whether you can go into the past. Seven generations, it is that which closes up. For example, a curse may affect seven generations. Not necessarily, but it's possible. Maybe it will affect four or five or seven generations. It depends on the power of the curse. There's no point in going further than seven generations. First, you don't know anyone there. You don't feel them, but you don't understand. You need to enter a deep spiritual state, where you will be able to see the full event. It may have happened 15,000 years ago, you know? It depends on many factors. This is why here, what is needed is inner transformation, with this internal acceptance in the background.
You were born with all these qualities, you already have them all. What might be done about this? First, you must accept. Until you accept, you'll keep fighting. If you disagree, it means you haven't accepted the situation. Once you accept it, you must close it upon yourself, and you can work with it. Spiritual practice and a deep devotion to the sublime can break any bloodline curse. If there is someone who does this, who is responsible for their actions and have reached the required level, as far as I know, it's not easy to simply cancel a curse either. Because if a curse is powerful, one needs to work with it at a deep spiritual level. I don't think that these simple techniques that are mentally and mechanically applied can complete this task. The task here is only solved by person's appeal, by the High Council, the Spiritual Council. That's how I see it. Try. If you know a method, by all means, use it. But I think that without internal transformation, it's impossible. Bloodline programs that encompass seven generations can be resolved through deep spiritual transformation. I'm deeply convinced of it. I've overcome and settled many of my programs in this way. Thinking about what was to happen to me, I am sure that this is my spiritual practice. Up to the physical realization that helped me cancel what we call death. I went through such an experience. It was my spiritual practice that resolved all these problems. And now I am here. Going back to different types of figures who gather people around themselves, I'd like to call them to account. If not for the simple matter of wasting people's time and guiding them to casual techniques that lead them astray from internal transformation. In other words, internal transformation is when you work off your bloodline karma, and so on. Internal transformation is opening your feelings up to the Divine and oneness with the whole world. This is what internal transformation is, what sets you apart, what distances you from your Higher Self or from God within you, I consider harmful. And now there are a lot of techniques of this kind, these so-called psycho-techniques that get people stuck at the emotional or mental level. I think it's harmful. Of course, you can train your brain. Try to visualize something. But how effective will it be? How much time will it take you? Hard to say. One lifetime is not enough to work off the karma of seven generations. That's absolutely certain. What does it mean to work off karma? Do you want to solve a task merely by thinking about it? People committed actions that led to regrettable results. And you don't like the situation. People were committing these actions during a particular period of their life, timing cycle. The action is already performed. This is karma. Do you think you will get rid of all this just by thinking about it, by replacing one with another? You can transform it only through your own actions. But an action aimed at achievement of the unity with God within yourself will untie all negative karmic knots.